0: I think for about half an hour. (laughs) All right, here we go. Starting off with substitute.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Sonic Collective. I'm Darren Scott. I'm joined with Scott Gregory today and Alan Dupuy. Hello. Three. We almost had Scott Coates from Thailand. He actually had the time to call in, but we didn't realize with our podcast recording software that it uh, uh, couldn't happen on a mobile device. So unfortunately, Scott is unable, but, well, was able, but not could not join us Willing, because of our, not our technical ineptitude. Um, This month's pick, uh, I'll introduce it and then pass it off, but was uh, from our good friend Scott Gregory here, uh, and he picked The Who, Live at Leeds, which uh, I thought was a a really interesting pick, and uh, and this was to kind of finish out our whole full round of picking live albums, which usually we had made a rule that said no compilations or live albums, but now that we've done this, I'm like, yeah, maybe once a year or so we should do a round of live or... Uh, maybe even think about that. Anyway, Scott, I'll pass it off to you. Why did, why did you pick the Who Live at Leeds, and what were your thoughts on
2: it? Yeah, well, like I said at the uh, the start of the month there, uh, we had already picked a lot of North American music. I was leaning towards a hip-hop album, but once I'd listened to it once, I found out I didn't really want to listen to it two or three times, so <laughs> kind of fell back into my little British roots there. And I was a pretty big Who fan. At least their, their singles for the longest time. Who you know, wasn't? Like My Generation, Shaken All Over. Uh, Pinball Wizard, obviously, from Tommy. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, it wasn't a lot of people like uh, Pete's guitar playing or, uh, you know, Roger's vocals. But from some of the previous reviews, you might notice I comment a lot on bass and rhythm lines and that. And i uh, like... John Entwistle is just a ridiculous bass player. He mm-hmm. uh brought in a whole bunch of new techniques, predated a bunch of other ones. So uh I really wanted to get that live experience of them just going at it in uh you know, in concert form. Apparently they're one of the best live bands out there. Uh and yeah, I thought that rang true. I thought and you know I I read a couple of reviews that were saying that some of the album uh, tracks actually were more raw than what you would get at Live at Leeds, that by this time, six years in, they were kind of settling in and and polishing up and stuff like that, and... I didn't really find that, it, it, it's really just a matter of perspective. I guess they both sounded raw, it's just they maybe sounded more comfortable with the music at that point, uh, by the time they got to to live at Leeds, and um, yeah, I know before you've talked a lot about the banter between artists and the audience, yeah. and I, I kind of enjoyed it in this one, I found that I don't, I'm not really up on my British 70s humor. <laughs> or, or kind of like rock talk. So I I could have used a, an English-to-English English dictionary to to handle a portion of that, but the audience apparently really loved it. So, yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed this pick. I, I went in with some high expectations, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Everything from, obviously, the, the bass playing to... Uh, Pete Townsend is just ridiculous on guitar. Keith Moon goes crazy on the drums. Never been a big Roger Daltrey fan, but I mean, he's got to be one of the top ten, top twenty vocalists ever. recorded to everyone else, so I have to <laughs> nod to that. Uh, what about you, Alan? what What stuck out for you on this one? So before you pass it on, what would you oh. give that at a five? Oh well, um, I'm a bit of a fanboy, so. I would probably go four and a half. Oh, nice, big one. Yeah, I I'm a pretty, like I said, pretty big Who fan. Tommy, I uh, really enjoy the rock opera. The fact that they have the entire rock opera, um, you know, end to end on this album. Well, it was really great. You can just kind of dance around the room, and that's worth an extra half star.
1: Is that your highest mark in the live round? I think so. I think you
2: have... so. Yeah. Honestly, do. And, yeah. and that's coming from, I'm also a really big Johnny Cash fan, so the fact that yeah. I rated The Who above them, I'm a little surprised, too, actually. All right, Alan.
3: Hmm. All right. Well, unlike Scott, I am a more of a casual fan of The Who, I think, uh, less so a fanboy, so... We're not going to see such high ratings from me. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint, Scott. (laughs) Okay, Roger Um, will take it. I actually kind of enjoyed the banter between uh, some of the bandmates, the back and forth they had between songs and stuff. I don't recall ever coming across a time where I was like, what the hell did he just say? So maybe it's because I watch so much Top Gear. uh, (laughs) Like, I'm up on my British humor. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he's like 900 isn't he so (laughs) yeah so yeah i I guess i really didn't know what to expect um it for a live album it sounded very refined to me um it's sort of the same quality of audio i would have expected to get out of uh, a studio recording so that was refreshing uh they came out strong with heaven and hell the top of the album i thought that was a, a good one And there were a few standout songs that I really kind of found myself going back to. Kind of like the bluesiness of, uh, I think it's called Young Man Blues. From what I gathered, that's a cover. Uh, But it was good. And My Generation was awesome, although the song was like 16 minutes long. Yeah. (laughs) So um, That kind of, yeah, that kind of the whole album i think could have done with a little bit less noodling i think that's my biggest critique of the whole thing like in addition to having what seemed like hundreds of tracks (laughs) at the version of live at leeds that we listened to um it just i feel like for every actual fleshed out organized song there was just as much instrumental noodling and stuff so at times, it felt more like a jam session really than a than a concert, um, you know, for better or worse, in my case, I found it a little too much. Uh, I was never actually able to sit and listen to the record from start to finish without having to get up and do other stuff and then come back to it. so uh for whatever that's worth, it just didn't really have me kind of glued into my headphones. Um, it's probably like two hours, right?
2: So you, yeah. you probably got to go to the bathroom at least once. Got to stock up on my whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the original version is
1: actually only 37 minutes long. The uh, initial release. Yeah. yeah. So you think played. about that. And then mm-hmm. my generation is almost 16 alone in the deluxe version. So actually, although that was on the original, I think yeah. the, the second side was, uh, wasn't it just that and, uh. Maybe magic carpet or magic bus. Magic I'd carpet? have to go look. Yeah, question. I think so. Anyway,
2: Sorry, So So, question for you though, Alan. Yeah. Did you have you ever listened to the the My Generation off the uh, the original album? Because that's one of the ones that they uh, some reviewers say is actually more raw and, and more energetic off the studio album than off the live playing of it.
3: Yeah, I'm sure I've probably heard it off the album. Uh, you know that's kind of a classic one. So yeah,
1: that was their first. That was their first big song. The, the album was called My Generation too.
3: Yeah, uh, money, so money. Be, uh, Roger stuttered a whole lot more on the live version than on the album. <laughs> I, He's I don't selling know. it, yeah, he was just really selling it. Yeah. Uh, there were only a couple of tracks. Actually. Fade away, fade away. Yeah, there were only a couple of tracks I really didn't like. Uh, Happy Jack was one of them, and Magic Bus was another one. Didn't really enjoy those two. But otherwise, like the whole album, it was good. It was cohesive. You know, a lot of the songs just kind of flowed in and out from one to the other Uh, anytime they didn't have, you know, any excessive banter. So the whole thing felt cohesive. It was good. Maybe a little bit too long. Um, Yeah, but I think I would probably rate it a a 3.5 out of 5. It's a solid band. Solid (laughs) band. I don't know. It's just... Too much of The Who for me at one time. I think. <laughs> we could pair it back maybe to like the top 12 tracks and then I'd be happier. I don't know. Fair enough.
1: No, fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll chime in here. Um, uh, actually, Alan, uh, I'm going to agree with you on uh, several of the points. And, and I, I want to say too, I'm actually a, a big Who fan. I always liked The Who. Um, but I, I can't say I'd actually really listen to any of their live stuff uh, they, they only did a couple. This was their first one, because uh, they had done three albums, and then they did Tommy, and then it was this. So it's funny when you're saying there were some kind of long-winded instrumentals, it was due to the fact they actually didn't really have that much material. Uh, and back then, there you know, there wasn't a lot of tracks on the album, so they're like, well, we only have about 25 songs, so what are we going to play? And obviously, they had to pick the good ones, but... Uh, I'm a fan, but I, I gotta say after this, even still, I think I like the original recordings necessarily better than the, than the live one. I felt bad I watched some videos as well and um, and there, a lot of people are saying this is like the greatest live album of all time and I'm like
2: yeah.
1: oh, I, you know I, I kind of struggle with that to be honest and I think although uh, for me I just a lot of it came to just my personal taste. Um, as you know, we reviewed uh, Meatloaf about at a hell. Another one of your picks, Scott. Ah, or no, was that yours? No, that was Greg. It could have. No, I. But I was super excited about yeah, it. Yeah. Anyway, could've could've, been sorry, been sorry nice. my mistake. But as you know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of kind of uh, the rock opera that was Meatloaf, and uh, the same kind of plays in this. And and I got to say, uh, like, uh, it'd be sacrilege to say this, but I've never got into Tommy like beginning to end before it was neat to listen to it all together um pinball wizard though i i love that song i i could just play that back to back and that would be enough tommy for me but um (laughs) yeah like so just personally i've never been into that kind of big production opera and the same thing with my generation uh like cool version it was really good but like they probably could have cut five minutes off it or something um And and at first, I I didn't quite even understand where it was. I'm like, why is it so quiet there? Are they playing to, like, five people? But when you look into it, it was just at a university. And I saw a picture of the room. It actually was indeed quite small. I think only a few hundred people, like, really fit into this room. So that's why it didn't sound big. Um, And they did it uh, the next night. I think it was back-to-back nights at another uh, university, Hull. Yeah. And apparently, and I saw an interview with Dahlstein. He actually said that version, that night was better, and the room was better, and it sounded better. But... There was technical difficulties, and the bass wasn't recorded all the way through, so obviously you kind of need the bass. So uh, they just went with all... It could have been live at Hull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: and apparently they eventually fixed uh, the bass issues like 20, 30 oh, wow. years later in a version, uh, but in the original liner of the album, they have notes from pete townsend specifically telling the engineers not to try to fix the bass to include it in the album so
1: yeah and uh you know for the dialogue as well um i I found it kind of just slowed things down i'm more i'm more upbeat i just want to rock all the time and i was just like oh wow that song kind of got me up a bit now okay now let's listen to them talk for five minutes i thought uh, and again, we're listening to, listening to the deluxe version. Keep that in mind, anybody listening to this, that uh, I'm sure in other versions that is pared down. But, and I also found it, I don't know about you guys, I found it hard to hear, especially it was Keith Moon in the back. He kept chiming in with little tidbits or jokes, but I actually found it kind of hard to hear him, and not necessarily the accent, just it was like the levels weren't right on his mic or something for some of it. And I just found it slowed it down a bit to me. Um you know, I guess the highs for me, I, I, I've always liked Substitute. I like that song. My generation, even though it was too long, and I actually like Magic Bus as well, but uh, again, uh, you know, a little bit too long. Um, you know, the lows were, you know, stop talking already and just play. Um, it's funny because uh, they're kind of credited with a lot of the the aggression and smashing guitars, which became very punk. Realize we're, you know, five, six, seven years before really the beginning of punk when this was recorded in... Uh, uh valentine's of 1970 yeah and um but it's interesting it's like punk just took that it's like stop talking and just smash stuff and play hard um you know so i mean i respect the who i, I respect the recording there's a lot of good in here but uh i'm with alan i'm re- i'm giving this a 3.5 which I, i'd probably get what you Shot for, but um with the greatest uh, out live album. Of well, that's all what they say. Time. Not for me. So again, it's just, this is my personal opinion, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of where I landed with it. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a bit strange, but true.
2: And it, um, that's fair, right? Because yeah. we're we're sitting here listening to to it in kind of more of a laid back manner and they were definitely like when you're saying they're going on it's probably they have people just going nuts in front of them as they go through the big instrumentals and there's like mosh pits and stuff like that and we're like Alan said sitting here with our whiskey being now now sir could you please continue on to the next track Mm, yeah oh that's like anything I mean go
1: ahead and see any live music I saw three great bands of the Palomino last week so I mean it's like get out and
2: see it and it's it's good uh, any last Palomino questions? for all your smoked meat not a sponsor just a <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> yeah, yeah no kidding <laughs> any
1: uh closing remarks from you guys
2: uh no i was i was really glad we broke our taboo to try these live albums because they were definitely a look at an artist uh a bunch of artists that uh, i had completely different perspectives on including the who so like you said, if we break the mold every once in a while, uh, cross some of our taboos, and do something like this, I am really on board.
3: Totally, and I think we could have easily done reviews of every single one of the artists we did with the live band series. You know, mm-hmm. we could have done it as an album version, but uh, the the live thing kind of added an interesting kink into the works. So mm. definitely glad we took that route and explored.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I mean, yeah, The Who, amazing musicians, and you mentioned that earlier too, like no disrespect to who they are, so um, that's it for the three of us, but uh, Scott Coates, who, like we said, couldn't join the call due to technical difficulties, but we will add his audio right after this, so please uh, stay and and listen, it will start as soon as I shut up, Um, but from here, it is Darren Scott, Scott Gregory, and Alan Dupuis, Uh, we're signing off, and I get to pick for next month, and we're back to our regular stream, and I do have a pick ready. Um, So stay tuned to the website, and uh, we're signing off for thesoniccollective.com.
0: Hi, this is Scott Coates of the Sonic Collective. This is my solo review of The Who, live at Leeds. I'm in Bangkok, Thailand. And with the time change with the rest of the guys who are in Calgary, Canada, it's often pretty much impossible for us to connect to all record together. So I have to do this all by my lonesome. But uh, this was a fun month. I've listened to a few Who albums in their entirety, Quadrophenia and Tommy, and enjoyed them. But you know what? Listening to this live album was a bit of a treat. One of the first things that stuck out, which was similar to the Sinatra album a couple months ago, was the sound quality. and. I was born in 73, this album was recorded in 1970. I suppose that's not that long ago, but I just didn't really expect the quality of albums that recorded so long ago live to sound as good as this one does. And just everything about the the sound recording is fantastic. It sounds like it could have been done last week. And that then takes me to the musicians themselves. The quality of what they're doing is fantastic as well. So few bands, I think, can really produce the sound they get in the studio, especially on vocals as well live. And I mean, if you took away the crowd sounds, you could literally, again, think this is a studio album because their their quality of their playing and the singing and everything is just really, really, really solid all the way through. So I think they're super bang on, they're super tight, and, and that was really, really cool. Um, you know, the other side of the coin on this one is Length is when you go to see a band, I think generally, you know, two hours is considered a solid concert. I saw the Foo Fighters a couple years ago. That was two and a half, which was great. And I remember many years ago seeing Bruce Springsteen and hearing how he was famous for three-hour concerts. And as it got between like two and a half hours and a bit... I kinda of started to got a little bored and I think there's a reason people play for like two hours in a bit. It's because to always leave you wanting a bit more. And this album is a double album. And as much as I enjoy the Who and it sounded great, I think I'm used to the length of a standard album so after a while it just kind of felt like a bit of a long time to be listening to The Who and I mean that's not really a criticism on them or their craftsmanship but it also reminded me of an album I almost picked uh, for my live pick and that was the the Allman Brothers band Live at Fillmore East and it's kind of considered to be one of the quintessential rock albums but it's a double album and I found every time I listened to that that kind of two thirds of the way through I'd sort of found felt like it had enough and so as much as i enjoyed this a few times when i listened to it i would start it a third of the way through because i would know by the time it got to the end i would have sort of had enough so while often you know more is better i think this one i think i would have just preferred it as maybe a long single album maybe squeeze it into like 60 minutes at the most 65 minutes or something like that um it was kind of cool to discover songs that I didn't immediately know. For whatever reason, Young Man really, really stood out. Like, every time I heard Young Man, it just really got me, and the guitar sounds were awesome on it. And then classics like My Generation and Sparks. I mean, I love Sparks, and to hear Sparks live back in 1970, that was pretty awesome. So. I've always appreciated The Who, I know they're one of rock's greatest bands, but this recording did kind of give me a whole new appreciation for the level they were at back in those days. I mean, we got to figure, you know, you're still around Beatles time, the Stones have gotten big, and uh, yeah, they were ripping it, man, and they sound fantastic live, and they're still playing today. So, great pick, really interesting to travel back in time and listen to it. Will I go back to it a lot? Probably not. I think I'll stick to the regular Who albums and I'll put on one that I really crave at a time. Again, maybe the thing is the length would keep me away from it a bit as I don't find myself having enough time to listen to that all the time. I'm going to give it fours all around in all the categories. I mean, did it influence my taste? Not really, I knew the Who, but you know what? I'll probably listen to more Who. I would recommend it to others. I enjoyed it a pretty good deal. Solid recording all around. And again, I think really for me, the quality of the sound was just fantastic. So great pick. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to our next one.